Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, there's a sense of urgency with this team, and Kyler Murray is happy about it. We are, too. Devon Kennard says he's locked in for this season. That was good to hear. But first, fans are back. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 447, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. First open practice of training camp, and by open, I mean with fans, MJ, and props to the Bird Gang. It was a good crowd for an 8 a.m. practice on a Friday. Maybe people called in sick or just went into work a little late, but I'll give them credit for showing up on day one for them, and I think the players appreciated it as well. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think there were 2,700 tickets issued. It could have been a little bit more. Um he had he had a couple fans doing having some nice librations, um, so some tailgating maybe perhaps. He, yeah, I don't know about that. Just when they open the uh, doors, but um, tomorrow expected somewhere between seven and eight thousand. So it's nice to see the fans back, and I can't tell you how much the players miss them. And they, you know, last year they had to bring their own juice, and whether there's two or three or four thousand, hopefully sixty five thousand, sixty six thousand, but. Uh, it makes a difference, and, and props to the fans who are able to come out here. I know school's starting, and a lot of families are on vacation, but for the most part, uh, the players really appreciate it, I can tell you that. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury called it awesome. Devon Kennard noticed it. Kyler Murray said it felt normal, and it wasn't a lot, but to your point, last season there were some games that had limited number. There were some games that didn't have any. Remember, training camp last year had zero fans, and when you do have the fans, everyone it seems to bring everyone's level up a bit, much like when you put the pads on. Everyone's level goes up a little higher, and I think, I think we saw that to a certain extent, and Full disclosure here, Bird Gang, on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned school, MJ, and, well, uh, you were at the entire open portion of practice, which was the entire practice. I was I was a little late, had to drop my daughter off for freshman first day at Mountain Ridge. Shout out to the Mountain Lions. So I was not here for the first maybe 45 minutes, but I did see enough. Real quick, Bird Gang, some good news. One, DeAndre Hopkins back on the practice field after whatever minor injury he was dealing with yesterday. J.J. Watt also back on the practice field, though not participating. He was the role of Coach Watt. But some things that you saw, and then we can kind of go back and forth for this uh, first open practice of 2021. Well, on Friday, I mean, the offense clearly had the upper hand. And and it goes, you know, you'll see the defense make plays. And, you know, as much as we've talked about, you know, know, Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden out there and getting some, you know, rush from the front seven and then the way the secondaries come together, at least from a communication standpoint – once again, I know it's only been a couple days. Um, the secondary, whether it's the first, second, or third string, and they'll clean this up. Again, you really can't rush the quarterback. You can flush him out of the pocket. But they haven't been able to cover Rondell Moore or A.J. Green. And when you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins practicing, Cliff said he had a thing, wouldn't be out, out long. I really think bringing in Sean Jefferson, we saw a Hop at offseason workouts. We saw a Hop during a mandatory mini camp. We saw a Hop uh, participating in the conditioning stuff. So, again, getting a former player that has some skins on the wall, it's gone a long way, and Hop looks good. Uh, Kyler Murray, 
yeah, you're not going to make every throw, but you could see that he trusts Kirsten Kirk and he trusts Hop and he trusts Green, and then you throw in uh, Ron, Rondell Moore, and this offense is they're starting to click. And, and we talk about year number three. I think from the coaching staff, they're they, you know they're doing a lot of teaching out there. And JJ Watt was in street clothes, but he was coaching and teaching. Um, According to people I've spoken to, they think it's going to be a few more days for J.J. Watt, which is fascinating, you know, just to get back out there. So good things are happening. But I, I thought the offense really showed that they've been in the system for the majority of the guys for the third consecutive year. And that's good to hear because if you think back year one, year two, training camp, people trying to get on the same page as Kyler Murray. And because Murray knew what was going on offensively but now year three everyone on the same page so it's not a surprise that the offense is ahead of the defense sometimes you know you look at spring training many times it's the pitchers are ahead of the hitters and for obvious reasons you got to get that timing back but it sounds like from what you saw and that from what limited amount of practice time that I saw as well that they are hitting the ground running, and maybe not just because of the offseason work, OTAs and minicamp, but because it is year three in the same system, even adding a Rondell Moore and A.J. Green. There are guys, enough players within this offense to where things are clicking and no one is thinking out there. They're all reacting. K1 said he, he addressed the media on Friday afternoon, uh, the first time we spoke to him since the offseason or maybe after the uh, mandatory minicamp, is that he knows the offense like the back of his hand. And now you look at Kingsbury, and again, uh, we talked about this in the offseason. Uh, there were certain drills today where, where Cliff was watching the defensive players. It's on video, and he's clapping and encouraging them. Um, because the drill was more about tempo and technique. So that's nice to see him walking around where he doesn't have to be on his hip all the time. They trust Cam Turner, um, you know, obviously Sean Coogler, but I, I, I really like the staff. And, and obviously it's going to come down to wins and losses. But the fact that, you know, we always talk about other quarterbacks around the league, we're starting to see it now. Now we're going to find out during the season how much it means going into your third year. I think things, that things are slowing down for him. Um, you know, maybe the last couple of years he would get frustrated. Now if he gets frustrated and the guy doesn't run the right route, he calls him back to the huddle and, and he kind of, you know, gives him a heads up. This is what I want you to do. And that's where you earn the trust and relationship with the quarterback. And I think he's really got that with – I'd put Keyshawn Johnson in there. I, you know, I don't know how much Andy Isabella has done so far, but for the most part he's got a lot of chemistry not only – um, with, you know, the the wide receivers and the tight ends. Uh, Max Williams, to me, is a guy that can catch the ball if you want to keep him open. Uh, Darrell Daniels has been in the system three years. He kind of knows his roles, plays on teams. And then what James Conner brings to this team, it's 6'3", 222, and you watch him on the sidelines. Every time they're uh, maybe they're doing special teams, he's working on little drills um, just to get his uh, body right. And then you just throw in, you know, Kyler Murray and just Cliff Kingsbury trusting each other. So um, you hate to say it's night and day because this is what I think everyone expected when you have the head coach and the quarterback going into their third season. And let's be honest, Vance kind of runs the defense, Jeff Rogers. So I, I, I like what the coaching staff's done. A lot of teaching going on. Kyler throwing touchdowns to D-Hop, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. Those are your top three wide receivers right there with Chase Edmonds in the background. Now the offensive line, once again, still missing Rodney Hudson, still missing Justin Pugh, still missing Kelvin Beecham. But as Kingsbury mentioned after practice, maybe a, quote, blessing in disguise, end quote, 
to have a Josh Jones, Max Garcia, Justin Murray working with the first team, but specifically working with Kyler Murray, understanding his cadence, understanding what he wants to do when he's in the pocket. If for some reason, and knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but one of those starters should miss some time during the regular season, you've got Josh Jones who can spell someone at tackle. Max Garcia as the backup center, Justin Murray at guard or tackle because of his versatility. So, yes, you want your starters to be on the field. Cardinals miss those three-fifths of the offensive line. Hopefully they are back sooner rather than later. But these reps, valuable reps for young players, valuable reps for backups, if you will, because you never know, MJ, when you're going to get that tap on the shoulder and your number is going to be called and you're going to have to go in, you'd have to know what is expected of you and what to do. No doubt about it. And when you you look at it, I mean, um, you know, the Cardinals have about six weeks before their opener, so it's good that this thing happened now and, and you're starting to see guys, uh, the Cardinals are over 90%. Maybe it's the first shot, so that would allow them uh, to be ready. That's the worst thing you want to have is missing three linemen in, in week one or two, So and they should be asymptomatic, so that's going to go a long way. But, yeah, it gives these guys a lot of opportunities. I mean, today they were rolling out there, Humphreys at left tackle, Murray at left guard. And then you throw in Mike Garcia, who's getting valuable reps. And then you had Brian Winters. And then had, uh, you had Josh Jones at right tackle. And Josh Jones, him and Justin Murray could be your swing tackle. We know those guys can play four different positions. So I wonder if, if Garcia is more going to be the backup center until Hudson returns. And then Michael Minette, the seventh-round pick, he's getting some reps. So I think on paper, which Kugler pointed out to us during the offseason, you know, you there's a reason why you go with the best five guys, but he wants that second unit. He doesn't want a huge drop off, and the fact that they have position flexibility that's really going to help these guys because in a pinch, Garcia can also play uh, guard and center. Yeah, at Denver where he was with Vance Joseph, he played a lot more guard, but that versatility to be able to play anywhere along that line. I don't know how well he is at tackle, but you know, in a pinch, as you say, if needed. Kingsbury addressed Josh Jones. Liked what the liked the work that he put in in the offseason. The speed of the game is still something that he has to get used to. But I think that's more just just getting the reps in live action, meaning training camp, preseason, regular season. And he did get some regular season reps, but as the sixth offensive lineman. So the Cardinals are still high on Josh Jones, the third round draft pick from a year or a couple of years ago. And then Minette, who I know seventh round picks, day three selections. They face an uphill climb to make the 53-man roster, but the news that Lamont Gilliard is released and ultimately claimed by the Cincinnati Bengals I think might say something about what the Cardinals think Minette might be able to bring, maybe maybe not this year, but down the road. But if needed, he could play some center as well. So he's also getting some reps now with the second team. Yeah, you look at Marcus Henry. Uh, they brought him in uh, when they let uh... – Lamont Gilliard go, and they also signed another uh, player. But he's got, you know, he's a young guy out of Boise State. He's he started over 45 games at center. So there's, you know, Hudson's clearly the guy, and then you got Garcia, and then Henry. Um, but I do think Michael Minette's probably going to be a long shot to make the active 53-man roster. But then you got the practice squad. So. Uh, you know, Tay Gowan, he's he's on the practice field. I think he's another guy that may be able to slide through uh, waivers. Um, but I do think when you start looking at the uh, the top four or five picks, 
they're really excited about Marco Wilson. The fact that he can play on teams, he's got the physical attributes, the speed, the the measurements, and he can also play inside and outside. And I, I noticed in Darquez Denard, uh, he was playing inside and outside today. So as Vance pointed out, they will have a, a role for every single player on defense. We'll get to your thoughts on what you saw defensively out there because I know there were a couple of plays made by Byron Murphy, and he always seems to be around the football. But as we continue to talk about the offense, specifically here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, Kyler Murray did address the media earlier on Friday, his first opportunity to speak with us and really speak to us in person, if you will, socially distanced, of course, but everything last year was over Zoom, so it was good to see Kyler kind of up close, if you will, uh, obviously, you know, again, socially distanced, but to hear him, and one, he seemed a lot more relaxed, a lot more confident. I mean, he spoke for 16 minutes. I was joking with someone that that was a Cardinals career high for him, and it's training camp. I think everyone is a little relaxed right now, but to hear him talk about where he is mentally as far as within this offense you brought it up he knows the offense like the back of his hand Kingsbury brought up the mentality of Murray right now being in a good place and it's his team now it's been his team for a couple of years but I think the ownership and that was the word Kingsbury used to realize that it's not just the quarterback position it's not just the offense but it's the entire team it's the entire organization that has its eyes on Kyler Murray and he's always felt that from whenever he played college high school he's always been the guy now he's the guy in the National Football League and I don't think it's too big for him I don't think it was too big for him when they selected him number one overall but I think he's understanding more of what that role is not just playing the game but also doing some of the little things helping guys on the field a leader in the locker room on and off the field you know I think you and I when the season was over clearly as everyone was disappointed in the organization just not making the playoffs after having that six and three start there's buzzwords that came out from Colin Murray when he was doing the radio row Super Bowl week and a lot of times it was zoom but he talked about the little things and the fact is where he's talking about stalled drives which is the buzzword there for because we know that they had a lot of stalled drives. And, and then, obviously, the pre- and post-snap penalties, more on offense, uh, false starts, a delay of games. Um, obviously, you know, that they have to clean it up. So the fact that he has those buzzwords, that means a lot to him. And, and he said the little things that teams do, that they're the ones playing in January and February. So it's, he not pointing at the finger at anybody, but as a team – cut it down you know and, and that's one thing that I, I've, I've been impressed with the, the tempo of practice the energy um, there's a little saying out there you don't walk on the field if you're on the field you run to the next drill uh, yeah no I was just saying like a lot of times you, you know guys are going to the sidelines they want players running on the field for the next drill not a lot of wasted time and we you know, we got a chance to talk to Buddha on Friday afternoon and one of the things he said, they've been taking it easy on him. And he had a couple snaps here, but he said he's ready to go. But this, that, these guys are getting a ton of reps where they didn't get that last year, and now they're going to get a chance to play in the preseason. Attention to detail and the little things that Kyler Murray brought up in the offseason, and now you're hearing more from players and coaches bring up the little things. Kingsbury, I think – three times now already in training camp has brought up the number of penalties and the stall drives, 34 stall drives. And Bird Gang, that is defined as no points scored on the drive and no first down earned after a penalty occurred. That was the most in the league. And to Murray's point, quote, if we don't hurt ourselves, 
were hard to stop, end quote. This team last year, MJ, shot themselves in the foot time in and time again, especially late in the season. The final two games, San Francisco and the Rams, and then all of a sudden they're on the outside looking in uh, the playoff picture, and they certainly know that last year is behind them, but what happened last year I think will stay with them this season to where they will focus and maybe a little more sense of urgency Another buzzword that Kyler Murray brought up as far as how they look at 2021. Well, he said he, you know, he doesn't like watching the playoffs at home. So that, you know, when you get to that point, and then we go back to the last couple of weeks of the season, he, he you know, he loves football. He, he said, I don't want to be watching the playoffs from home. And I think it was important, um, you know, in the teaser for the flight plan, Michael Bidwell addressed the team, and he said, we, you know, all the all your guys in this room, we, you've been hand chosen or picked, you know. And what happened last year cannot happen again. So they had to address it. And Murray said, quote, we talked about it at day one. It's been addressed. Guys understand what we need to do and how to do it. And if you get beat, you get beat. But when you do it to yourself, it's tough, unquote. Yeah, he is certainly speaking, I think, in more broader terms than maybe in years past as far as just focusing on the offense. But looking at the bigger picture, realizing that the goal is the postseason. Yes, you want to win every single game on Sunday, but realistically, is that going to happen? No, but you need to win more than you lose. And then all of a sudden, yes, you're in those playoff games late in the regular season and then you're in the postseason with an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. So I do like what I'm hearing. And again, what we're seeing at least so far. Again, this is the first week of Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. So a long ways to go here over the next six weeks before we get to week one. But it's certainly, as they say, it beats the alternative. Listen, um, the way they, you know, have built the foundation and, and, and the groundwork here, I mean, now it's just a matter of, you know, trusting guys. And the fact is, you know, J.J. Watt's out there, you know, teaching guys, you know, he went up to Michael Dogby and he's trying to show him, you know, maybe when you make that swim move, this is what you should do. Zach Allen's been a sponge uh, when it comes to J.J. Watt. So, yeah, I mean, they, listen, they have talent. I don't think anybody questioned it. I thought the front office put together a 10 or 11 win team last year. Obviously, the onus is on the coaching staff and the players. When we get to Sunday, it's really on the players, and I think Kyler really said that. We have to do a better job finishing, and that's been the, another buzzword even around the front office, finishing. And that I mean, you know, not just finishing the, the first quarter, but finishing the fourth quarter, but finishing the season when the games are on the line and you're dictating seating in the postseason. One more note on Kyler Murray on what he had to say about the media when we asked about, you know, what does he want to work on or what is he looking to improve, and he went to turnovers. And specifically, I think he was more talking about himself the interceptions, the lost fumbles, and you look back at last year, there were 12 interceptions, four lost fumbles. 16 doesn't sound like a lot total from a quarterback position, but I do think that that's been a point of emphasis, not just for Murray, but the entire team. Let's not give up possessions. Going back to the stall drives and the penalties, let's not hand the ball over to our opponent. Let's do as much as we can, and yeah, you're looking for a touchdown all the time, but if it's a field goal, at least you're getting points, but don't turn the ball over, and the only way you can practice that, MJ, is through these reps. It's not something you can do by yourself. You have to do it in the midst of 7-on-7, 11-on-7, 
on 11. So it is something that I think is a focus of training camp, and it might be for all 32 teams, but it is something that Kyler Murray brought up first and foremost in his overall discussion about hurting ourselves, and that's where turnovers as well come into the picture. Yeah, going back to his first year, and what was it, 48 sacks, I think they cut that half, down in half maybe to 23, at least for him. Um, we know he's the rookie of the year. He made the Pro Bowl last year. It, it's right there for him. Um, but I, I really can appreciate him talking about the little things. Usually when you get in the league, you know, you're a five- or six-year vet, and you're like, it's not always about talent. Sometimes it's about what's between the ears and above the, uh, the shoulders. And he knows that these stall drives, if they cut that in half, and then I didn't think turnovers were an issue last year. You'd like to see the defense force turnovers. Now, turnovers are when – when they, when they happen in the fourth quarter, that could be a game changer. But for the most part – um, they got to force more turnovers, and, and I think that's what they're expecting from that front seven and that secondary to give the Cardinals a short field and give them more opportunities where they can punch it in versus trying to drive 70 yards. All right, let's switch it over to the defense. But first things first, Berg gang, if you like what you hear, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. That way you never miss an episode of your favorite show. Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rays, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, and soon – the Dave Pash podcast as well. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. All right, the first open practice, and again, Bird Gang, if you want to attend one of these practices, go to azcardinals.com for more information. And if you happen to be in the uh, vicinity of a television on Saturday, the league-wide training camp, back together Saturday, all 32 teams, and expected 200,000 fans at practices across the country. It's 13 hours of coverage on the NFL Network starting at 6 a.m. Arizona time. And that is something to be, I think, if you're a football nut and you can't wait until September 12th or the Hall of Fame game next week, MJ, just turn on the NFL Network and have it run all day long and you get a glimpse of all 32 teams. I like what the league is doing. Once again, dominating a day out of the calendar here when there is no football yet being played as far as games that count yeah and if I'm not mistaken uh Kurt Warner from the NFL Network and also Peter Schrager will be at Cardinals camp tomorrow uh, Fox is having their annual meetings here it normally happens in Los Angeles because of protocols so Fox they're going to bring in their entire NFL crew and they'll have their meetings here so Schrager's going to come over here good morning football obviously you know has a lot of liking in, in the head coach and, and the general manager and the team as a whole and we know Kurt Warner obviously is, uh, you know, the ideal t- t- guy to talk to when it comes to Kyler Murray's third year. So, yes, you're right. Turn into the NFL Network. Peter Schrager and Kurt Warner will be here tomorrow. And you'll be able to see not only the offense but the defense. All right, this first open portion of training camp for everyone. Now you get to see 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11. Seven, 11 11. We can actually report what is happening. What did you see out there on Friday? I saw Zavin Collins like getting guys all lined up. You know, and you could hear him vocally from the sidelines, which is good. Um, they were rotating a lot of players in and out. So, you, you know, sometimes you're bringing in your nickel and dime package, and he's got to make sure where guys are lined up. So I thought he did a good job at that. I can't say enough about Jordan Hicks. Uh, he's running every single drill. He's the leader there, uh, which to me is more just about the veteran presence. For, you know, he's he's been a team captain. Um, obviously, there's competition there. Um, the, you know, Vance mentioned uh, earlier in the week that there are going to be games where we're probably going to have to have Collins maybe on the sideline for a possession or two, and that's not a bad thing. But 
Uh, I'm glad that uh, that Jordan Hicks is he's all in. Yes, it's a business. He understands that. But they're going to need Jordan Hicks at some point this year. And now you're starting to see Tanner Vallejo and Zeke Turner kind of gets a rotation there. So depth-wise, I feel comfortable if Jordan Hicks had to go in there. He looks like he's in great shape. He's flying to the ball. He's helping these young guys. That's all you can ask for uh, when you're not a starter in this league. Well, as we heard from Coach Joseph, there might be an opportunity for Hicks to see some more playing time than maybe he was pitched this offseason, which led to the reported request for a trade. I am thrilled that Jordan Hicks is here and participating. I've made no secret about it. I am not a fan of handing the keys to Zayvon Collins. Earn it. Don't be handed it because you have someone that can help you along in Jordan Hicks. And if you get rid of him, not only does it hurt your depth, but now who's helping Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons in that room? Who's that veteran voice that you listen to? So props to Jordan Hicks. Hopefully soon we'll get to hear from him. But in the meantime, I like what you're saying. He is still the first guy in every single drill with inside linebackers, and he's going 100%. He's not – He's not acting out. He's not trying to be an issue or a problem to where they say, you know what, we don't want you here anymore. And I do think there is a role for Hicks on this team, whether that's as many snaps as he got a year or two years ago, or if it's, you know, occasionally you see him on the football field. But I want him to be that sounding board, the guy that puts his arm around Zayvon Collins and says, listen, son, this is what you're doing right. This is where you need to work on, or next time do this instead of that. Yeah, I mean, we, we would have been able to tell right away if he was the last guy in line. Now, clearly, you know, Evan Weaver is kind of the last guy at that position because you got, you know, Tanner Vallejo and Zeke Turner, and then you throw in Isaiah Simmons and now Collins. But – um, you know, he's been engaged, and so and they're going to need him. At the end of the day, they're going to need him. Um, you know, you, you hate to think this, but what if uh, Collins or Simmons gets an injury in, in practice like Marcus Gilbert a few years ago and they have a hamstring injury? Well, who's the first guy up? Jordan Hicks. And he's been in the system three years. They trust him. Now, clearly, he doesn't have the athleticism to go sideline to sideline. And I, and I thought Devondre Campbell did a really good job covering the tight ends this year. I think Isaiah Simmons may get that role. Um, so I, I don't want Hicks going down in coverage, but when it comes to the run support and making the right calls, I feel very comfortable with Jordan Hicks. Another player in his third year in this defense, Byron Murphy, and he continues to find his way around the football time in and time again, whether that's inside or playing outside corner. And I know Vance Joseph is very high on Byron Murphy. We haven't seen a lot of that this offseason, but we're going to see more of it in training camp to the point. And we keep saying this, Bird Gang, if you're playing two cornerbacks, Byron Murphy is going to be one, and you got to find out who the other one is. Now, if you've got three then Murphy is going to be playing inside, and you go with someone on the outside, whether that's Butler or Alford, who also continues to look very, very good. Robert Alford, MJ, I need to just push fast forward. Can we just get to September 12th? I want to see Alford in a regular season game. I don't. I like seeing him on training camp, but we've seen that the past two years. And I, I, I digress, but I, Robert Alford, I'm a big fan of him as a person and certainly love what I see as a player, just need to see it on Sundays now. But I think it's safe to say, and, and we know the injury happened outside a couple of years ago. Normally they don't go out there a ton. It was a freak accident. Both injuries have been freak acts. I mean, it's, as he, he, I mean, he says it, it's part of football. You step on the field, it can happen. It, he was trying to make a play outside in the grass, and he broke his leg. So 
Um, it's not like, you know, he's putting his help in harm's way or he's playing the echo of the whistle trying to blow someone up. So, yeah, I, I, listen, I, I like the way these guys are coming to the sidelines, uh, Malcolm Butler and, and Byron Murphy, and then, you, you know, you look at um, Robert Alford and Ethan Budabaker, a lot of communication, and, and, and they're mixing and matching with these guys in the secondary. Like I said, our cousin Denard today, he was moving around, and that's the beauty of him and Marco Wilson to play inside and outside. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, but I do think that front seven is going to be the key, and that will dictate how much they can do because Vance loves to play man-to-man press across the board. Okay, you jam the guy line of scrimmage, take him out of his route running, but I also think in certain situations they can play zone and cover areas where you're not allowing the deep ball, those big chunk plays. Well, speaking of that front seven, we touched on Devon Kennard in our most recent episode of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, probably partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You can find that in the archives or just simply subscribe to your uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, or Stitcher. And that way you never miss a show, but Devon Kennard available post-practice and one, he looks in phenomenal shape. And two, you just hope that this is the season last year. I wouldn't call it a wash, but between the injury and then COVID-19, he just wasn't himself. And it wasn't a good first impression for the local kid playing for his hometown team to the point where there was a lot of speculation, MJ, that Denard was or Kennard was not going to be on this team. He was going to be a cap casualty because they didn't see enough out of him. Obviously, that was not the case. He's on the field, and I think he can be a nice rotation piece at outside linebacker with Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden. I give him a ton of credit, and, and, and again, we only get reports. You know, He was at the facility a ton in the offseason. Um, he, lo- he looks the part like he did when he got here from Detroit. And the thought I, one thing I thought he did a good job was in the month of September, he was setting the edge. And then we know Chandler got hurt in week five. Um, and then they obviously made the trade for Marcus Golden. But uh, I think he's in a good spot. He's a good special teams player. And you have to have rotation, guys. You, you, yes, you'd like to have Golden and Chandler Jones playing every single snap. But you get him in there, he'll also play on special teams. And, you know, a guy we don't talk a lot about is Kylie uh, fits he sets the edge also so I, I I think if you're Kennard he said you know last year was difficult but he's put it past him and now you're starting to see the upside why the Cardinals did not make a roster move in the offseason yeah he called last year frustrating and then added this quote I flushed that down the toilet now for longtime Valley sports fans and I think Kennard was a little bit too young for this but Cotton Fitzsimmons the former Phoenix Suns head coach, would use that description after a bad game. You get blown out by 20, 25, 30, and he would literally go into the locker room, go into the bathroom, and flush the toilet. And that was the end of it. You didn't watch any film. You, didn't, you, you moved on. And I think that's kind of the mindset of Kennard here is, yes, I acknowledge last year was not good. But in his words, this year is a fresh start. He talked about being locked in. Vance Joseph this week talked about Kennard being focused. And I think if you have that this year, then you get that rotation. And I do think Kennard is a little bit better as far as setting the edge than a Jones or a Golden. But there is going to be a role. Now it's up to Coach Joseph to figure out how do you use all these pieces at outside linebacker. Maybe you see all three 
on the field at the same time at the expense of a defensive lineman or maybe an inside linebacker. Well, we've uh, watched over the last couple of years, sometimes the Cardinals only have two defensive linemen, and they're standing up. And that means you've got a, a good majority of your, your linebackers and some of your uh, safeties at the line of scrimmage. Obviously, you're trying to take the quarterback off his spot, make him move around and make an uh, ill-advised throw. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really curious to see what the nickel and dime defenses look like. Again, they're going to play probably 15 to 16 players on defense. You start with 11, but the way they, they're going to rotate some of these guys, you know, different roles, uh, whether it's nickel or dime, if teams are going to try to spread them out, they're going to have to go with their with their package in the secondary where they can cover the, the, the entire field. So um, I think Vance is in a good spot, and, you know, it's going to be curious to see how they approach it because, you know, he made a comment yesterday and I really didn't think about it, but he said the first three games they're really going to face the same offenses. Now different personnel – uh, we know in week one they had to Tennessee to play the Titans. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill gets enough credit for play action. Now, he doesn't have Arthur Smith there. He has Dal Loggins. They bring in uh, Julio Jones. We know that A.J. Brown in week two. You know, you got Delvin Cook, Kirk Cousins similar to Tannehill when it comes to the play action. So that's that's kind of a interesting to see how they, how they approach it because each team is different based on personnel, so you have to change it up a little bit. But they feel – that they can match up in at least those first three games that he mentioned. I'm sure they can match up every single week, but it was encouraging to think, you know, they're not learning a brand new offense, even though you're going to have face some new head coaches. Week three at Jacksonville, that might be a little bit of an unknown, just what they want to do there with Urban Meyer, but it might not be too much too exotic, especially early on in that tenure with a new coaching staff and a pretty much a brand new team. And then the following week, You've got the Rams, and I think that's where people in that first month of the season yeah. are going to point to that fourth week when you have to play the Rams. And we know the history with the Cardinals and the Rams. It's not been a good history the last couple of seasons. So there is – I like what you said there as far as you're not having to ask – young players, specifically inside linebackers, to learn a whole lot early on. Maybe there is a carryover from week one to week two to week three before you kind of really have to maybe open up their minds a little bit to figure out what opposing offenses might do to you. The last point on Kennard on his meeting with the media was the amount of questions asked and him being very open about pass rush and it's not something that Kennard is known for though he did have some good years with the Lions before the Cardinals signed him but just how much that has kind of been talked about not only amongst the linebackers but the defensive lineman J.J. Watt obviously Jordan Phillips from the inside but how much technique footwork not just getting to the quarterback but how do you beat your man winning those one-on-one matchups to get to the quarterback to get to the ball carrier and again Attention to detail. Now it's not offensively, but defensively. Just doing the little things, maybe a little half-step quicker. Uh, your move is just a little bit uh, a half uh, a second faster to where all of a sudden you're beating your guy, winning those one-on-one matchups to uh, where you can basically not have to load the box and and do some exotic things like we saw last year because you didn't have a Chandler Jones or a real 100% canard. And what the Cardinals have done a great job is the Bill Bidwell Fellowship Program where you bring in some former players and, and, and they're really uh, specialties when it comes to working with certain positions. And sometimes these guys want to find out if they, you know, uh, maybe want to do this for a living. Obviously, you get in camp for a couple weeks. And so the Cardinals have brought in a uh, – 
uh, a pass rush specialist, and they've tried some new drills with him. And guys said it's, you know, uh, when you're at the line of scrimmage, are, are your toes pointed to the to the quarterback, or are they more toward the center? Sort of little things. And and, and again, Brinson Buckner is you know forgotten more football than we'll both know. And they have different drills, but they brought in a pass rush specialist, and they're doing different drills, and they feel like they're. Um, you know, getting better from it. So, again, you get some different eyes on these players and he shows them some different techniques, and that's the way you get to the quarterback. Well, it's going back to what you pointed to, the coaching. And it's not just the position coach. It's the teammates now doing coaching up each other as far as how to be better at your respective position and then doing things maybe just a little. I mean, again, in the NFL, MJ, you're talking about, you know, uh, being just a little bit. The difference between good to great to superstar or all pro is those players who are a half step or two steps faster, quicker. The, the, the margin between those kind of players is very, very small. So anything that you can do to beat the guy in front of you, whether that's an offensive player or a defensive player, you know, can certainly loom large on those Sundays. It was interesting listening to Kennard, who's a big dude, like his 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 like thighs and legs. Oh, I know where you're going here. This is good. <laughs> so they asked what it was like, you know, do you get starstruck? And he said, I've been around the league long enough. But he said one thing when J.J. Watt got here, he said, I couldn't believe how big he was. He said he's huge, his legs, and then he's pumping weight in the weight room. So he was. He said, I don't get starstruck, but he said when I was standing next to him, I just can't believe how big he is. The quote was, dude's built crazy. <laughs> and then he added, makes me feel kind of small. Now keep in mind, Bird Gang, Devon Kennard's 6'3", 256. <laughs> but you stand him next to J.J. Watt, who is 6'5", 288, yeah, you're looking up at him, and then uh, he then kind of turned the tables on us, like, well, have you stood next to him? It's like, well, we haven't. We're <laughs> kind of not really allowed to at the moment during, doing, uh, during, because of protocols. But, uh, yes, you're, you're looking up at him if you're Kennard, and you're giving away about 30 pounds as well. So he is, he is a mountain of a man, J.J. Watt, and that is something that the Cardinals certainly hope bodes well for them, especially in the interior to where he can you know, get by those one-on-ones or even those double teams that might come his way. Well, Zach Allen's list is 6'5", 285. You mentioned Watt, 6'5", 288. Allen looks smaller when he's standing next to him. Now, hopefully he becomes a mini J.J. Watt. Not so much career, just being able to, you know, crash the pocket, to, uh, get some balls batted down, and being a good rotation guy. Because on paper, Zach Allen's going to be starting next to J.J. Watt along with Jordan Phillips. And we've heard Coach Joseph say that he's seen a lot of a young J.J. Watt in Zach Allen right now in 2021. Now, what happens beyond this season, who knows? But as Kennard, no, I believe, oh, it was Kingsbury that brought up the fact that uh, Zach Allen might have had a J.J. Watt poster up in his room. And now all of a sudden, not <laughs> only are you sharing the field, but uh, you're playing with him, not against him. And I think, yeah, there might be uh, – that would have been an interesting just to be a fly on the wall when J.J. Watt walked into the weight room for the first time with his team, his new teammates and they all these young away. players. And, and then you, you got to – you know, Jordan Phillips, he's, he's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, He's 341. I mean, they would pass the all-airport team. <laughs> Guys walking through the airport, you're like, 
What position does he play? Quick reminder, Bird Gang, Saturday, the league-wide training camp back together Saturday, all 32 teams, 13 hours of coverage on the NFL Network starting at 6 a.m. Arizona time, the final day of July. Just pull up a chair and uh, turn on the television, and, of course, you'll see a lot of Cardinals coverage. Kurt Warner, the Ring of Honor member and Hall of Famer in attendance, Peter Strager as well from Good Morning Football. Should be a lot of fun. Not exactly sure what you're going to see. Again, MJ, we're still waiting for next week when the pads come on, but certainly seeing now 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 and maybe maybe even some drills to see the chemistry that Kyler Murray is working with his wide receivers. It's going to be good day for everyone to see. And now, you know, everything that's been talked about in the offseason, now does it come to fruition? Now we get to see all of this hard work that the front office put in to put these 91 players together. Yeah, and, I, and on Friday I thought the offense had the upper hand, and that means probably the defense may have the upper hand. But it, it's just nice to see these guys, you know, all pulling their same the same way, the rope, and – Coming together as a team, that's the most important thing. But it's nice to see the fans out there, and hopefully they get a chance to come out and enjoy it because uh, before we know it, the Cardinals will host in a couple preseason games and they'll finish it out on the road against the Saints, and the season's going to be here. So a lot of excitement, and I can tell you for a fact the players were excited about the fans on Friday, and there should be double fans coming up. Uh, this Saturday, and we'll probably even double that the following Saturday when they have their red and white practice. By the way, I said 91 because Bernhard Sykovitz does not count against the 90-man limit. So keep that in mind as well. We'll just have to see how he progresses and probably get more on that topic as we continue here on training camp. On that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.